0: Welcome to this broadcast of another sermon for March the 29th. Our extraordinary circumstances continue, but we are busy using various forms of technology to stay in touch, to study our Bibles, and strengthen our faith in the crisis, to have strong faith during the crisis and after. I'm going to be referring to Acts chapter 11. I'll give some background. And then I'll raise a question for our study and application. Thank you for joining us. In Acts chapter 11. as Acts chapter 11 opens, word is spreading of Gentiles becoming Christians. This follows up from Peter's visit with Cornelius in chapter 10. Peter encountered some criticism from some of Jewish background. In response, Peter gave an account of what God told him to do and the divine reality of God, accepting those Gentiles who responded to the gospel. At verse 19 in Acts 11, Luke, the writer, picks up with the persecution that came after the murder of Stephen, and that takes the narrative to the place called Antioch. I'm going to read now Acts 11, 19 through 26. Now those who were scattered because of the persecution that arose over Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch, speaking the word to no one except Jews. But there were some of them, men of Cyprus and Cyrene, who on coming to Antioch spoke to the Hellenists also, preaching the Lord Jesus. and a great many people were added to the Lord. So Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul. And when he found him, he brought him to Antioch for a whole year. They met with the church and taught a great many people. And in Antioch, the disciples were first called Christians. Well, there is so much here to think about and to learn and to explore this early push to get the gospel out to Jews and Gentiles. And in connection with that, it says, the hand of the Lord was with them, and the report came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem. Did you know that churches have ears? They sent Barnabas to Antioch, and what an endearing person Barnabas is in the New Testament. He's willing to be sent he was an exhorter and encourager. He was a good man, and a great many people were added to the Lord. There are several sermons with good life applications right there in the New Testament about this man Barnabas and his work. But here's my question for us in this particular session. What did Barnabas see? I'm talking about verse 23. When he came and saw the grace of God, what did Barnabas see? That's our question. There was not a sign posted that said, the grace of God is here. People were not wearing name tags or somehow labeled or tagged. So I think this is a good question we can devote some time to with good purpose, What did Barnabas see when it says he saw the grace of God? Let's study this together. First, we need to know what the grace of God is, and then we can consider what Barnabas saw. The grace of God is his abundant generosity to supply what we need, even though we are not deserving and have not merited such consideration. May I repeat that? The grace of God is His abundant generosity to supply what we need, even though we are not deserving and have not merited such consideration. Before we get to the subject of eternal salvation, there are vast examples of the grace of God. He made you in His image. He gave you capacities not given to rocks and vegetables and animals, There are physical blessings we take for granted, air to breathe, water to drink, sunshine, food to eat. Domestically, there is family. Socially, there are friends. See, before we get to the subject of eternal salvation, there are plentiful blessings that reflect God's generosity, His grace to us, though we have not earned such massive consideration but is that what Barnabas saw? I think in Jerusalem and on his way to Antioch, Barnabas saw people who were blessed by God in these general ways, able to eat and drink and breathe and travel. But we are back to our question. When it says Barnabas saw the grace of God, what did he see in Antioch? So now we're going to step up to a higher plane beyond God's physical blessings. Let us please consider now grace in terms of salvation. It was the generosity, the abundant grace of God toward the undeserving that prompted him to conceive of a way for us to be forgiven of sin, live righteous lives, and go to heaven. His plan was conceived in his gracious and perfect mind before the world began. And then he carefully, over time, supervised how all this would work, leading to Christ coming. In the historical reality of Christ who he was and what he did, what he said, how he died, was raised from the dead God dramatically expressed his grace toward the undeserving for sinners to be saved. And one good way to think of this is as a gift. Having a birthday, for example, doesn't mean you've earned gifts. Birthdays do not exhibit merit. They are functions of the calendar. So when you receive a birthday present, your reaction is not to claim that you earned it, you work for it, you're being paid. It was offered to you from someone who loves you as a gift. I know that's an imperfect illustration, but it may help me say this. When someone hears the gospel... They believe in Christ, confessing and repenting they are baptized. The baptized person cannot claim they earned it. What can be said is, I received a gift from God through Christ. God issued a pardon, and I accepted it, and now I'm a member of his family. As stated in the book of Titus chapter 2, Titus chapter 2. The grace of God appeared, bringing salvation to all men. When I was baptized, as taught by the apostles, I accepted that gift. See, in order for us to know what Barnabas saw, we have to know what the grace of God is, not just in generic terms about physical blessings, but rather in the historical reality of Christ, who was and is who died, was raised, God dramatically expressing his grace and offering a gift that we accept when we obey the gospel. So now what did Barnabas see? It says in Acts 11, 23, he saw the grace of God. Now that we know what the grace of God is, we're closer to answering the question, but we're not quite there yet. There's still no evidence that people were wearing name tags or labels that said, I'm one of those people who've accepted the gift of salvation. Let's go back to Titus chapter 2 and listen to verses 11 through 15. Titus two, eleven through 15. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions Let no one disregard you. This is an important part of the subject, the grace of God. Do you see, the grace of God not only brings salvation, it trains the saved to live right, renouncing ungodliness and worldly passions, to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age, Now we're in a much better position to answer our key question. What did Barnabas see in Antioch? And the answer is, he saw people whose lives had changed. He saw people whose lives had changed. These people in Antioch were together rejoicing, grateful, and peaceful. And it was obvious, it was visible. They were changed people because of their response to the grace of God in their continued training and application of that grace in life. So there were no name tags or labels, but it was obvious when you were around these people and heard them and saw them, their lives were forever changed. That's what the grace of God does to people who accept the gift. Barnabas saw that. It was visible. That's what he saw. But this wasn't just in Antioch. I want to give you another case. Take a moment, pause the recording if you need to. Open to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, I'm going to be reading through 11. Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. do you think this was visible? Those who knew these people who obeyed the gospel, was it obvious to them that their lives were changed? Oh, I think it was. If you were sexually immoral, but you stopped, if you were an idolater, but you turned away from idolatry to God, if you were a thief, but now you quit and got a job, If you were living in adultery or homosexuality, but you left those wrong relationships, it would be obvious that you had changed, renouncing ungodliness and worldly passion. Barnabas saw changed lives in Antioch. It was obvious. When he came to Antioch, he saw that the grace of God had changed lives Lives of people who had obeyed the gospel. I have two points to make before I close. Baptism without a changed life is just getting wet. Listen to this in Romans chapter 6. I'll be there in a moment. By the way, remember that with a recording you can pause and find the passage. Romans 6. We've all seen this people, perhaps in a moment of emotion, will rush to be baptized, then you never see them again. Or they are on fire for the Lord just for a few weeks, and you never see them again. And we all know that isn't the way it ought to be. Baptism was never meant to be the end, but the beginning. So here we are in Romans 6. What shall we say then? newness of life. This connects to the grace of God, because Paul is answering or anticipating a common tendency to think that if grace is extended, it will continue to be extended, so why not just continue in sin? Paul says no to that. In the older translations, it is strong. God forbid that anyone think that grace is licensed to continue in sin after baptism. Not only is that wrong, but the right way to think of baptism is it brings us into a new life that we continue. This is what Barnabas saw in Antioch. People living a new life. So am I continuing to live a new life free of the sin I left? That's the personal question. Are we continuing what we started when we started to walk in newness of life at baptism? Do people see that in us? Number two. What did Barnabas tell these people? He exhorted them all to remain faithful to the Lord with steadfast faith purpose. There will never be a time when this exhortation will expire. There will never be a time when this exhortation will expire. It has no expiration date. Remain faithful to the Lord and do that with steadfast purpose. It can't be an occasional event an infrequent thought, or just showing up at a building, or getting on your knees to pray only in time of crisis. No steadfast purpose. Barnabas wanted what he saw in these people to continue with steadfast purpose. If you have recently obeyed the gospel, the change in your life should be obvious. If you obeyed the gospel many years ago, you are still in training. We are in training to remain faithful, and we must live day after day with steadfast purpose. May God see in us what Barnabas saw in those new Christians in Antioch. Thank you for listening. Be safe pray for everyone, stay in touch with God and God's people.